0: Welcome to another episode of the Human Behavior Show podcast, Um, this weekly podcast that we've been doing for almost six months now. And today, I'm trying to do the format of last week, so I picked someone from the human behavior community to interview, and it was super interesting. Um, And today we have two guests. We have Renee, and we have Kenny as well who I literally spoke to on the Human Behavior Club a little while back. And that's kind of the, the beauty of kind of social audio and in real-time audio. It helps us kind of just make connections and get brilliant content pretty quickly. So I'll introduce both speakers. I'll give it to them to introduce themselves in a second. So for those who don't know me, I am the digital doctor, um, super interested in behavioral science as well as health and technology. So today um, we have our guests. So first of all, Kenny, why don't you introduce yourself? And then we'll go to Renee.
1: Okay, I was just looking at my profile picture going That's not good behavior modeling um, word. So, uh, um, let's see my um my quick history is that I have always been focused on experience creation um kind of the best fit line through my career has been about how to collapse distance between uh between people using technology and started early on in uh at Apple. Then uh, KPMG did a lot of experience creation work. After that, ran marketing at the Golden State Warriors, which is an NBA team um, in the Bay Area, where the entire focus for me was on um, how do you how do you understand behavior and how do you drive certain behavior, how to be deliberate, and what frameworks do you use. And that was a lot of fun, uh, especially with the kind of fandom that we had, and uh, did some work in artificial intelligence and venture focused uh always on how to use technology to bring people together and then most recently um uh started a company called relic tickets which is on nft ticketing and it's just fascinating this concept around nfts and how brands are struggling with it when in fact in my opinion it's still using standard marketing and behavior human behavior and um and how you can how you utilize NFTs, um, I think, is creating a lot of confusion in the space when, in fact, it's quite a bit simpler. So I'm just uh, thrilled to be on. And, um, you know, you let me know where you think uh, our intersection is going to be most relevant to the people in
0: the room. Or Kenny, you're speaking my words. You said artificial intelligence. You said, you know, you worked at Apple, which is pretty cool, and, and the NBA team as well, and, and looked at behavior. and That's super, really what I'm interested in how we can change behavior, what drives behavior, and how humans make decisions. Yeah. So I think we could get a lot, a lot from this conversation from you here. Terrific. Well. I'm super into tech, so NFT is being part of Web3. It's cool. very interesting to see where we're going. So yeah, of course, I'll address some questions your way as well. And then Renee, we've got you. Could you tell us a bit about your background and your interests?
2: Certainly. Thank you so much for inviting me to the room, to the stage, and to the podcast. So my name is Renee Reich on a transformational and mindset coach, helping those who are suffocating in silence to expressing their true voice with courage and confidence. And my whole platform came from me losing my voice to a very painful and devastating illness in 2013 and being told that I may never be able to speak again. And that sent me into a tailspin of a depression For a long time, because I am one who thrives on connections and thrives on people. At that time in 2013, I was working retail as a manager in a very big corporate uh, company and it was a a top 500. And I really was taking care of everybody, but that girl looking back in the mirror, I was managing everybody as people pleasing. I was you know, all that, that whole thing, fear of judgment, limiting beliefs, I didn't realize what was happening was I was taking care of multi-million dollar teams and departments and people, but neglecting the one in charge, which was me. And I got very ill and was in the ER twice and doctor looking down at me on the gurney telling me that this, this might be permanent. I may never be able to speak again. And it was... Something that um, you know, I, I'm very spiritual as well as I'm religious, and I know what God brings us to and brings us through is for a greater purpose than self. And today I am a four times number one best selling author, inspirational speaker, and transformational and mindset coach, helping others who are suffocating in silence as I was and didn't know it at the time, to now express their true voice with that courage, with that confidence going forward in life.
0: Renee, that's a really moving story, and I'm glad um, you're doing so well for best-selling books, and and, um, it's interesting kind of that type of work as well, and kind of look at human performance and how we can improve. So super relevant questions for you as well. So thanks for coming on, Renee. So guys, to start um, start off with, Kenny, I'll go to you. So interesting, you talked about tech and behavior. And it was interesting that Netflix uh, documentary that came out, which talked about Silicon Valley is controlling people's behaviors almost. What are some of the insights you have on how do we design for behavior change? What are some of the things? I know we've got notifications, incentives, things like that. Is there any kind of light you can shed on that? And, and, and can we design AI systems to change people's behavior as well? Uh,
1: what? There's no question in my mind that we can use technology that can be used. I mean, in in as much as we're seeing the technology currently being used to drive behavior. See, here's the in, in here's the way I think about it. There are ways to create behavior, to create all kinds of behaviors. Like you can you can design a system to uh, to continue a behavior, to stop a behavior, to begin a new behavior. Um, so what we're seeing is technology notifications, um, the, uh, the, the, the things that are, are being used to motivate people, um, to act in accordance with a certain behavior that works for a specific brand, uh, they're incredibly, uh, credibly infec- effective. So I think you could use the same sort of technologies, the same ways that you insert, uh, technology into someone's life, um, to create motivations using standard marketing, practices to, to change that behavior or to start new behavior. And, um, a lot of what we were doing in AI was around the creation of AI personas, which was, we were focusing more on how do you create, um, an an AI persona that would act and react as if they were the, the, the real person. So ways to scale human beings. um, and, we did a lot of work initially with Tony Robbins on this because he's probably one of the the more complex individuals that I think if we were able to scale him, we could potentially uh, help the world a little bit more. And the focus on that was all around uh, what drives a human, what motivates a person. Um, I mean, a, a lot of it aligns with what Renee was saying. So I think there's absolutely ways uh, to do this. I think we have a long way before we get to... Uh, to full artificial intelligence, uh, like uh, a human being. But for example, um, let's just take something very simple. I don't know if you remember uh, when beacons were really unique, right? So you'd put a beacon out and if someone uh, walked in proximity of that beacon, you could actually send a message to a phone, some sort of technology. And if you understood human behavior and kind of where their mindset was, you could actually get them to to change the way that they were acting. They could go right, go left. Um, like we set up entire processes where we could help people move in the way they wanted to move to get where they wanted to go. So there's no question, and certainly with AI, we're we're uh, definitely going to get there. But I think right now, just even with the current technology we have and the the kind of uh, interweaving with technology in our lives. Look at our, look at what we're wearing on our, you know, the wearables that we have on our watch. You don't think that you look at uh, a number of steps and that's changing behavior. you know, look at when, you know, your watch tells you you have AFib and now, you know, you need to change your life. These are all ways that, um, th- those are positive ways that you can start to integrate into, into uh, you know, a fan's life, a customer's life, a member's life to help drive uh the, the kind of behavior that you want as a brand
0: insight and yeah that data we're collecting continuously right We about psychographics and, and how the more data we know the more we can predict people's behavior and therefore influence it and that we'll get back to that and that's actually super interesting i love the, Especially the
1: unstructured behavior right this yeah thing. yeah uh data yeah
0: exactly and and we'll get back to that i think i find that fascinating and find out some of the stuff um, you've been up to and, and and some of the marketing ways as well. I think that ties in very well with human behavior. And on that, Renee, we'll get to you. So um, like Kenny talked a lot about, you know, corporate structures, how, you know, tech companies work, et cetera. So, Renee, you're looking at kind of transformation and looking at how, you know, things like burnout and, and employees and stuff. What do you think some of the implications are for, um, you know, Influencing people's behavior, impl- influencing employee behavior. Um, what are some of your um, kind of insights into, you know, this field?
2: First of all, I want to say, Kenny, very interesting what you're talking about the Apple Watch, because my mom is a perfect example of that human behavior, having an Apple Watch and telling it, telling her to stand, telling yeah. her it to go to reach her goal. And she does. And she also has, um, what is it for, uh, not natural fib or flutter, but um, to monitor your heart like an ECG it's called on on the Apple watch yeah yeah, and she's used it, and it's helped her tremendously.
1: Well, you know it's funny, Renee, you know you could have you know your your loved one, your spouse, your partner say, you know you should stand up now, and we won't do it and then you have an Apple watch for some reason whatever that relationship is with that watch, that trusted relationship, that's the thing you look at and you're like, oh, I should stand up now." It's fascinating to see how that
2: works. You know what? It is. And that is exactly what happened. My mom now has lost 25 pounds because of a watch. My dad, he should rest in peace. I pray he is. He he transitioned in 2018 and used to be after her to do exercise, all of this stuff to help her. She's now on half the medication, half the dosage of medication for diabetes. She's lost 25 pounds. The watch tells her to stand. She's in the middle of dinner. She stands up. She gets her walks in. It's amazing.
1: Wow, that's incredible. That's wonderful. Such great. It's just great to hear how technology can help change people's lives like that.
2: I 100% agree. Like i Go, Go ahead.
0: Yeah, Renee, you're right. Like we're at this point in time where pe- where consumers and patients no longer the doctors are in charge. Right? I'm a medical doctor speaking, and I'm that's why I'm more into tech because. I see the possibilities of right, these wearable devices and people trusting them the more, having more transparency. And then, yes, patients do like this objective measures and telling them to listen more. And having that 24-7 just gives you a way better healthcare system. And it's super interesting how you can adopt more healthy behaviors. And I think that is the future of health. But Renee, yeah, back to you, you, you were saying something.
2: Well, it's, it's really true because you know everybody could say, to a smoker, you know, this is not good. It can cause lung cancer. You need to stop smoking. And what does the person do? They smoke twice as much. You need to stop drinking. They drink twice as much. But it's almost like, I'm going to say this, that it's a um n- not a personal connection. So something that you don't have to listen to necessarily, but it's like a neutral zone. So this watch that doesn't know you like a human being knows you, that knows your behaviors, is offering assistance and i think maybe that's where people tend to listen more
0: yeah that's such a really interesting observation and i'm actually working on a project in wearables right now so these insights are actually in a weird way you guys have both just helped me do my work i was just my next thing i'm doing tonight so <laughs> but um, it was meant to be yeah, in
2: multiple ways but it, but it's true. It's human connection. Some oh, then that's amazing. That's an amazing thing to have. But someone that you are not attached to emotionally, and we know about emotional intelligence. There that is connected to that. Like what's their gain? Well, obviously you're going to want somebody to be healthy. If you're your parent or your friend or you know something like that, but you feel like they're criticizing you. It's a freaking watch. There is no criticism. There is no judgment. It's just hey. This would be good if you did it. Okay. I'll well, listen. There's no emotional tie to the person. Mm-hmm. There's your own emotional tie to yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah, because that's totally right. Because if someone said, say your dad said to your mom, Okay, it's time to stand up, your mom could be like, Well, what is what does he mean by that? Right? What's the right. intention? What does that mean? Am I you know? I I think that's really powerful. I think the combination of um you know i'm a big fan of uh bj fogg's um behavioral model He's, he runs the the behavior lab at stanford and i spent a lot of time with him because we really needed that in some of the brand work we were doing and this concept of when you prompt people to act um mm-hmm. i think is also so important yeah, i mean yes you, they have to have a level of motivation to act in accordance with that behavior and the ability to act in court's behavior. Like your mom had to be able to be in a place where she could stand up. Right. If she's buckled into an airplane, she can't stand up. Then that's, that's, she doesn't have the ability to do that. But when you get the, you know, the motivation and the ability, right. And then you, you prompt someone at the right time.
2: Well, I I, I definitely agree. I'm going to say something else. And, Motivation, oh, he got bumped down to the, the listener lounge there. Motivation leads to inspiration. I do my own quotes all over social media on TikTok, Instagram, my Facebook community, LinkedIn. I do my own quotes and voiceover with video and uh, music to the quotes. And these are things that I talk about. It's definitely a motivational and an inspirational thing, but somebody could be motivated, but they need to be inspired. And from that insp- and that inspiration, they will take uh, that action. So motivation will lead to inspired action. And that's what it's about. It's all about, yep. you know, human behavior and behavioral development. Um, I'm going to go to your question that you asked me earlier. Uh, and that was about in the corporate world. And that is all about human behavior. And, you know, the associates, it's because of the connection that I started telling you about that I had with all of, my associates and not even just my associates, but people in the entire store, because I was a manager, not just of certain departments, but I was global manager as well. And as such, I made connections with people in different departments who were not under my direct employ. However, I was connected to them because we were in the same building at the same time. And they would introduce me to their customer as their own manager when I never was. And that is about human behavior because human behavior is based upon the human connection which we take, the time that we take to make those human connections, and that's the behavior that will become the outcome. So they took action because of our connection. And they ended up doing things that I directed because they felt that connection to me. There's nothing more powerful than human connections from the heart when you know people truly, authentically, organically are connected to and they care about you and it's not for the greater good of them, but for your own greater good. That's what makes it authentic. And that's where people can feel you and see you. So they are seen, heard and felt themselves.
0: Rene, that is beautifully and eloquently explained. I want to go back to you on what do you think makes a good leader and, and how do you motivate someone? How do you motivate people to work in a certain way or, or motivate people generally before that like Kenny would love to know more about the Golden State Warriors. So what are some of the marketing tactics you guys were using there? Um, um, and how was that journey like? Hi. Uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was
1: phenomenal. I mean, when, um, you know, a lot of the marketing tactics, there's two ways to look at it. You look, one is that you are marketing directly to fans and potential fans. And then you have a whole set of sponsorship groups. Clorox, Pete's Coffee, all these that have their own ideas of how they want to market and how they leverage the currency that we have uh, at the Golden State Warriors to drive behavior. And that's what really what fascinated me the most was trying to find the way to leverage the connection we had with our fans in a genuine and authentic way. While balancing the needs of a of a of an organization like Clorox that will spend a lot of money with us, and we had different teams to do that and that's where that's where it was challenging and that's where we really brought in behavior modeling was instead of just sitting with um, a big team at you know chase that says um, okay we have." couple million to spend and the team saying, well, we'll just put something in the arena. We'll put it in the ribbon. We'll put it on the jumbotron and we'll tweet 20 times and we'll post five times on Facebook. And then they throw it over to my team. And I'm like, this is not in anyone's best interest. This is not driving the behavior. This is not supporting and protecting our fans and our brand, nor is it really helping to support the team. So we would go in and really focus with the primary question of, you know, what, what behavior do you want to drive? Pete's coffee, Starbucks, what behavior do you want to drive? Well, we'd like them to come into the stores. Okay. We'd like your fans to come in the stores. Okay. What do you want them to do in the store? Okay. Well, we want them to buy something. Okay. Fantastic. So let's design something that's both in um, our fans interest and in your interest that will actually deliver that specific behavior. And that's what we did. So, uh, and i'm you know i i don't want to go into detail into how that played out like what were the very specific things that we were doing but it was very much respect being respectful to our fans and i think that's to me where we're at right now um and certainly in some of the ticketing business that i'm in now respect is such an important aspect to building a relationship um, especially because of the, um, the kind of noise that's happening in the space. So how do you continue to market in a way that will be respectful, relevant, and drive the right uh, behavior? So that was one aspect with with um, our our sponsors. And then our fans, you know, they, um, they just wanted as much as they can get. Um, they wanted to – my whole focus is how do you collapse distance uh, which I mentioned at the beginning. So, and, and when I mean collapsing distance, I'm not talking about just geographic distance. I'm talking about emotional distance, sociological distance, psychological distance. Uh, the the guy I worked with at the Warriors, his name is Peter Guber. He's a big producer in L.A. He he produced Batman and Rain Man and all these movies, um, Harry Met Sally, and whatever. And he also owns the Warriors and the Dodgers and whatever. He used to always say, um, heart first, wallet second. And that's where we focus is how do you create emotional connections with fans um, first because the ability to monetize them will, will happen as a result of that. So most of the marketing that I did, I changed all the all the names to everything to experience, digital experience, fan experience, whatever, because I believe words matter. And then um, at the top of our whiteboard, every time we would do would be how is this going to be beneficial for the fans? And then what behavior did we want to drive? And then how are we going to design for it? And it was great. You know, we had fun. uh, By the way, it also helps when you're winning. So let me tell you when you're a world champion, marketing and driving behavior is a lot easier than if you're not, but it was a lot of fun. And the players were great. Like Steph and Draymond and all those, I I know not everyone here is uh, familiar with, um, with maybe Steph Curry and all those people, but uh, <laughs> they were all really, um, really on board with 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 this concept that I came up with of strength and numbers. And once you can once you can get a basketball team on board with that, the actual players, it's like golden um, because they're, they're major influencers. Kenny, Kenny I'm going to ask
2: you a question. Yeah. I'm going to if I may if I may try for, for a moment. Yeah, you, the thing I just everything I'm like taking copious notes because it's so it's literally aligned with what I'm talking about here too. So great job in calling both of us. Thank uh, you. Yeah, worked out. You said creating the emotional connections, uh, and that was you know the first thing you said was also uh, how is this going to benefit the fans? What behavior do I want to drive? Mm-hmm. What was the third thing?
1: Um, it was um what was um. What was the, well, first hand, everything is done with respect and relevance. Right. That was the, the three, three things have to happen at the same time. They have, you have to draw, you have to be, the fans have to be motivated to act in accordance with that behavior. They have to have the ability to act in accordance with that behavior. And then you have to prompt them at the right time. And when those, when you, so those are the three things that you want to happen. So you identify what behavior you want to drive and then how am I going to design for that behavior to happen?
2: Okay. Yeah. That was the third one, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what, what happens, Renee, uh, as you know, is that when you think about, like you can design entire behaviors and experiences without really thinking about whether that is appropriate. Yeah, modeling for human behavior and all of a sudden you can get to the end without even realizing what behavior you wanted to drive in the first place and um and i find that if you start with and again that's just what i found over my time that if you start with the simple question of what behavior do you want to drive and i believe me i've asked a lot of companies this and they, they're not usually prepared to answer that they really have to think about it but it's really spectacular when they do because then you actually can identify when you've been successful because you right. see the- It draft. gives you
2: a measurement, yes.
1: Or, or not successful. Like, oh, we didn't have, look at this, didn't, we wanted everyone to move. And even, like, we've, we've done everything with using sound to drive behavior. So one thing we did at the wars was, um, you know, the question that was asked to me was how come- when you go to a play or you go to a, uh, a theater or uh, like the opera, no matter where you're sitting in the arena, you can hear what happens on stage. Well, the question is, how come that doesn't happen at a basketball game? Um, the only way you can hear the sounds of the court is if you're on the court. So we actually decided to mic up the entire arena so that people at the top, level in the very back close their eyes and actually quote see the game um we've also done things where we've used sound to move people we've made it very much harder for people to talk so that they naturally move to areas in the arena that we we needed to reduce you know traffic but they were much more comfortable in talking and i've done that in in restaurants as well and everything again if you if you're if you're really if you're good if your focus is really to to make people happy, right? To drive behavior, to be relevant and respectful, um, uh, and your design process is that way, then um, it's fantastic. We work with Stanford, you know, the the, the the design school at Stanford for the, the same reason, um, and um, and that's why what you're doing, Renee, is just so. I mean, I, I'm more focused on you know the corporate space, but what you're doing is just incredible.
2: Thank you so much, Katie. I'm going to say we need to connect off of this as well. And I'll probably, Dr. Sahib, we do as well, because this was definitely divine guidance on what the three of us are working on in the world to serve in a greater way. And I come from over 30 years in corporate America. So everything you're speaking about speaks. Yeah, that's right. That's where I ended up getting sick was in 2013. I was with that specific job for 25 years. I was leading multi-million dollar teams from millennials to middle to older. I mean, everybody under the spectrum, men, women, everybody. So I really got a good handle on what drives human behavior. And this is an incredible uh, podcast to be on with the three of you because everything we're doing, I think to be brought together at this specific time is, is really incredible, and dr Sahib i 'm going to tell you something else why I, I'm, I keep saying it was divinely guided. Kenny and I both walked in like at the moment <laughs> that you literally. came on, and I was not <laughs> near my phone at all, so what i 'm going to say is this is also unbelievable. I literally posted today. I never met either of you i didn 't know anything about this podcast or the, or that you even had this. My post today earlier I said I do my own quotes, I do my own voiceovers to video to to um everything with with the, with the quotes that I do on a daily basis. I have somebody on the East coast that comes up with a video to what I want to say to make it work. And my quote today, you know, ironically, which we know nothing is ironic says this, the steps you take today leave footprints that create a path for others to follow tomorrow. Wow. The content I wrote with that is make sure you are creating a path, for future leaders of tomorrow.
1: Wow, that was
2: that was about six hours ago. That's insane. Prior to meeting either of you <laughs> or knowing <laughs> any of this, I did that today.
0: I'm gonna. And the song, this <laughs> the
2: song I put with this video that I have up there is "Rise Up."
1: Oh yeah, I know. Try to
2: check it out. It's on. It's on TikTok. It's on Instagram. I've got a Facebook community of over 800. It's in my reels. So it's it's big, and that was literally hours ago before meeting either of you today.
0: Serendipity, I guess. I was gonna I ask you the last question. This would be super interesting, Renee and Kenny, from both of you, and we'll do some stuff on Clubhouse together as well. Because I think this flowed really well, and you guys had good chemistry, stage chemistry, even though we've never either of us have been on stage together and I think clubhouse has given that ability for people to come together and collaborate and just get these insights, these insights that people don't get to learn about. And now an audience will be able to listen to both of you about human behavior, which I find super interesting from both your different standpoints and and vast, vast experience of years and years in corporate and otherwise, which I think is of super value. So before we kind of start to end things, I want to know, Renee Kenny, what what are your thoughts on social audio and, and clubhouse? Um, What do you think is the future there from a behavioral point of view? Because Clubhouse is big, and and obviously I built the Human Behavior Club, which became the biggest on the app. But Clubhouse, you know, could have sold to Twitter, a big success, and then it had a drop. And now they're trying to get people back on, drive that behavior of, audio communication, which is a different behavior, right? With TikTok doing video and people getting busy, behaviors have changed. And some say maybe that's why Clubhouse got less. So I'd love to hear from both of you what your, your thoughts on the value of clubhouses and what they maybe need to do from a behavioral standpoint and what the, the future is. And then I would love for both of you to share where people can follow you and reach out to you as well.
2: Great. So I'm going to, before I answer that question, you asked a powerful question earlier on that we didn't get to. And I want to make sure I touch on it because I thought it was such a powerful question. Your question to me was, what makes a good leader, and how to motivate others. And this is all about human behavior. So if I can just speak to that, I I would be grateful. I want to make sure that's okay with you. Yes, of course, Renee. Go for it. All right. So I believe a good leader is someone who invests in themselves to create a path so they can lead others and create those leaders for tomorrow. That's what a good leader is. I am always investing myself more knowledge and to get that knowledge and take it to share it with others. I am a vessel with a voice today, more powerful and confident than I've ever had before And leading leaders, thought leaders into the, the next you know, generation of leaders. And that's what it's about. We've got to take what we know and share it with others to lead those you know those leaders and create the paths to let them follow to take those footprints leave footprints leave clues and speak with them and get on stages like this like clubhouse and share voices in a community in community we find unity that's what this is all about
0: wow that's really profound that That is phenomenal
2: thank you both it, it is about that. You need to take the time to invest. I will never stop learning. In my book, I actually wrote, and this was a couple of years ago. It was launched February 3rd, 2020. I said, I'm always going to be a student of life and a teacher in life. Because the more that I learn, the more I can impart and impact upon others.
1: Wow, that's that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful way to completely agree and Kenny, to you, to you, your, your um, social audio experiences and and where you think about the future. with well, you, know,
1: you know, it's interesting. So I was uh, early beta of um, Clubhouse. I was part of the team. I was on Boom, we were back at Test Flight. And I was uh, so excited about this platform and the ability to do audio podcasts. Obviously, audio as well, doing incredibly well podcast obviously being a one to many uh form and this being a one to many but also uh a, f- a few to many and a, and many to many potentially i mean i first of all I think the platform uh is uh, amazing I think what it comes down to in terms of um the challenges that are happening from a behavior point of view and if the behavior is like i you know i guess Part of my question, if I were to speak with the founders and team that's leading, is what is the behavior that you want to drive or most want to drive here? Um, like, where where are you finding, and what are the overall goals? But um, I think I think that we need to look at uh, some machine learning technologies and some algorithmic development technologies to be able to continue to reinsert clubhouse into people's lives when it's hyper relevant to them. Because I think right now the noise in the space with the everything plus streaming and the, the, the rise of podcasts and, uh, and the other, the other things that are pinging me in a number of, a number of ways to, to drive my behavior and my focus and other I think clubhouse needs to just focus on those sorts of of behaviors so that this becomes one of the more relevant places to be. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of, uh, I would say, triggers or a lot of, let's just say, places to grab onto that will pull you away from being here. And I think that if you look at uh, TikTok's algorithm um, and you look at some of the other you know, really algorithmic behavior driving models, Clubhouse is, is primed to do that. And I think they are, I think you guys are, or they are looking at ways to do that. But it's, in my opinion, it's all about how to weave this more deeply into someone's life, which, uh, which, which is at the heart of Behavior modeling, like what is it that drives people? What's the motivation for being here? Oh, I want to be up on stage somewhere; it makes me feel good. I want to share. Uh, I want to share information, or I want to meet amazing people like you two that I've met, and um, or I want to. It's important to me that someone like Miss, who's our listener, walks away continuing to think about this hours later. Like whatever it is that that drives uh, people fear of missing out. I'm afraid of missing out of, of, of a one time conversation that has to be identified. um, And then that has to be algorithmically weaved into someone's life so that they're prompted at the right time. Like I thought about what Renee said, how did I, how did I end up on this? I I, I don't even know. I think I, I put clubhouse and I, I really like this show specifically. It speaks to me. I like the way you host it. I like, how I I like how you bring people up. I I like everything about it. So when there was a, this unique opportunity, you made this call out, I just happened to be here, but, but that was more chance, right? We need to get to a place where this becomes more, more algorithmic, um, where it fits into my life. And, um, and then, um, and then create a, a, a motivational play to pull me in and, um, So I think there's – I just think there's some work that needs to be done uh, on the other side um, that's going to fit because uh, I'll tell you what, even though I was one of the – like I should be one of the ones that are on this all all over the place. I love it. There's so much – and I just don't find myself coming to here as much as I thought I would.
0: I mean, Clubhouse need to hire you because some things you suggested absolutely spot on and some things I've been thinking about and thank you for your kind words about. How I've been running the Human Behavior Club. And, yeah, and for me, I had an incentive, right? In terms of like my, I, I started just because I was interested. And then when my club grew, it felt like a responsibility I had to keep turning. You're right. Up, right. And even myself, I got married. Actually, I met the girl on Clubhouse, which is also by chance. Oh my God. But yeah, it's crazy, right? That's we incredible.
2: Married... That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Now, they, now got, there's got... a human behavior story.
0: <laughs> we were hosting the AI shows together actually on this app, but that show no longer happens. And, and it's interesting, someone with so much, like a super user, right? Someone who you give a large following to. My club luckily got big. And even myself in the last two months. Yeah, you're right, Kenny. I haven't been on that much. I've been busy with marriage and other things. So how do they incentivize it, align those incentives, some of the ways you pointed out? And, and guys, this is a bit of an experiment. I was like, hey, let's just get some people from the community. I know there's like amazing individuals, like both of you, part of the Human Behavior Club. That I scrolled through that list and there's 700,000 now. And oh I'm like my gosh. Yeah, 750,000 in the club. And I'm like, how do I get these people who I know are members and they have insane knowledge about human behavior, great talk speakers, but there's no way of me, like, as a human, I can't do that. I need filters. I need some type of algorithm. I need some way to yep. identify keywords. You know, for example, Apple, Kenny, that would come up. Yep. And Clubhouse needs, to, well, it's a bit more futuristic, but this happened by chance that you both got a notification. You turned up. Maybe my title was right as well you were free so you're right it was all chance and these become less chance because I don't remember opportunities I've got in clubhouse since I joined and other people have got was insane in that first year
1: yeah like, oh my god and that's oh god. so
0: powerful yeah. like you can got, not get people from all around the world and, and it's, you got people in AI talking to people in medicine or whatever and that type of collaboration in real life just is very difficult to get clubhouse because the barriers to behavior is so low in terms of you can be wearing anything you know, yep. you don't need to like a, you know, a video yep. or anything like that. Um, you can be driving and come on. It just, the behaviors are right for people just to come together and be chill and talk and collaborate. And, and it's just, I like no other app in that way. And that's what it was. And then um, let's hope we can get back to that way because it did fall away a bit. But yeah, this has been a super, this is, this is an experiment. It's been a super fantastic conversation. I've enjoyed this more in a, in a, since a while. I haven't had a conversation like this in a while. So, I appreciate both of you for coming on. And I'd love for, for we'll do like a follow up as well. So, I'll chase you guys. I'm going to America this week, actually, from the UK. So, I'll be a bit busy. But yeah, we'll follow up on this. And, and guys, where can people
2: follow you? I am on uh, Facebook. I am on Instagram under it's at Reich Renee. So, R E I S C H Renee, R E N E E. I'm on uh, Twitter. And as I said, i also, I've got a YouTube channel. So I am on every social media platform, TikTok. So look me up. Um, first name is Renee, R-E-N-E-E. Last name is R-E-I-S-C-H. Also, you can find all of the information about my book and all the things I'm up to. I hold workshops as well on my link tree. So it's link, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Renee Reich. And you will find everything about me and all the places, as I just mentioned, to follow and to join. And um, yeah, the book is on there as well. The book, I didn't say the title, it's interesting. It's called Finding Your Voice, Unlock Your Chains, and Unleash Your Greatness. What I realized is that I was holding my own chains and also I was the one to unlock and unleash the greatness from within. And, you know, it's also the metaphoric loss of my voice in life that I believe manifested in my health in having me lose my voice, it happened for me, not to me. So I can be a bigger and better and stronger voice for others and lead them today. So that I am so, so grateful for. And I would love to do a follow up with you. I'd like to continue the conversation with both you and Kenny, because I think there's way more here than we are even touching on. And the fact that there's 750,000 people in the club and we both quote unquote happened to come into our phones at the exact Uh moment that this was on, was not even in this room. And the fact that I posted a quote about the leadership, what we're talking about today, just today, just six hours ago, before meeting either of you, and here I am on the stage with this podcast, nothing is by chance. Nothing is. But you've got to take a chance and make a change and be the leader. And this is why we're here. So thank you so much for this amazing opportunity.
1: Um, so um, I'm on <laughs> a much smaller contact, uh, set of top, um, platforms <laughs> Renee is. Um, so, uh, first of all, let me just say that I think, uh, it would be really fascinating to even look at the list of these incredible men who have as part of this, uh, program, um, and, uh, the group and really think about, uh, how to, how to continue to support them in an incredible way and bring, more relevance to them, which of course I think you're phenomenal at. Uh, And uh, as far as where I, where you can reach out to me, uh, you know, primarily LinkedIn, Kenny Lauer or Twitter, Kenny L. I um, uh, write the website in terms of the company that we're, we're focusing on right now, which is an NFT ticketing company, which is going really well is Relic Tickets, R-E-L-I-C tickets and um uh and facebook and you know a couple others i'm not hard because i've done a lot of stuff publicly so you could just search for me in google probably find it uh, the easiest as well and i look forward to connecting with anyone that um that is a part of this group
0: absolutely, for sure absolutely absolutely the brains we go here i think i'd love to do a call where we figure out let's bring some great content back to human behavior club uh, kenny and renee and and Braitha and Kenny working with these large organizations and Renee as well. See what, what people want, figure out behaviorally what to do. Yeah. Because in the early days, people liked health. They liked the weight loss rooms. They liked the skin dermatologists I had on, the psychiatrists. But then it changed. That The audience changed and the behaviors changed. Then relationship rooms became super popular. Then the tech rooms in the early days were super popular. Founders now, not as much. Yeah. And I've seen this wave of the, as audiences internationally have changed and the type of people on Clubhouse has changed. Now, debate rooms do really well. Breaking news does really well. That's, yeah. like, the best content right now yep. on Clubhouse. And even in my club, if I do, like, a break like, Iran thing or whatever or when something happens, like, the Queen, when any breaking news, people want to come and just talk. And you said that behavior about people want their voice heard. Where the early days, it was kind of like shows. It was, like... I would get like a top speaker or a top founder and interview the hell out of them, right? Yeah. And now that doesn't really work as much on Clubhouse. The way their notifications are designed, like you said, are not very specific to the interests, yeah. uh, in, in my opinion. And it, that same audience is always hanging out. In the pandemic, they were looking out. It was novel and everything. So I could get like a, a part of the very interesting brands. And BJ Fogg, you mentioned, he came on the show and he was big on Clubhouse. I haven't seen him in a while. and I know. And yeah, is.
1: right. He he loved cl- he uh yeah, and I think he still does. I mean, again, he's busy. But you know, you said something that was fascinating. You know, I I have built a bunch of experiences. I've worked for large experience agencies to build events. So you go to these I have always yeah. found, you go to these large conferences and they mm-hmm. put all these great people, but where I found the ma- the magic happens yeah. is in the lobby, right? The one or two yeah. person conversation or oh my gosh. Like what you've just done is you've collapsed this and you brought Renee yep. and I together, that would probably never have happened, right? You were you did that. If you if we can if Clubhouse can get more into okay. these sorts yes. of these beautiful accidental yeah. uh, collisions, um, where magic happens because a couple people end up on stage and something exactly. happens and, and you become either a voyeur of that or you can also participate in that. I mean, that's powerful. You walk away going, like, I know wow. my day is going to yeah. be different now because we had this, um, which was
0: completely unexpected. Yeah, and it happened so quick. Think about it. In, in different locations. And, I'm in the UK. You guys are in America. And we could just bring together a great conversation, draw upon different experiences, talk about behavior, amazing. all yep. within the hour, right? From from me starting yep. that room, just a call out. Like, I often think, without before Clubhouse, like, because Clubhouse has a big following, I can literally – ask any question, there'll be someone in the community who can come and help, right? And it's just amazing. Like, I I can't really do that on any other platform, TikTok or whatever. Even Twitter, this Clubhouse just opens real, someone real to talk to and come up on stage and converse with. So some very interesting experience applications for Clubhouse. And, Kenny would love to experience, uh, talk about digital events and maybe hosting conferences. So, so I'm definitely going to get in touch as well. And Renee, if you want to, we can run some transformational stuff for people and sessions. I, I you know, what I'm thinking
2: the same thing. I'm sitting here, first of all, I'm both um, sending invites on LinkedIn. And I don't know what other platforms we can keep going through those, yeah. but I want to make sure we connect. But I think we may, three of us may need to get on a, on a Zoom yeah, call. Yeah, we do a
0: proper Zoom I think, because I've, I've not utilized Human Behavior Club to its full potential as of late um since clubhouse lost a little traction you got busy with other things like we said we all get busy but I, I feel this conversation was strong and i really enjoyed it i want to do some more stuff i do have an exciting partnership coming up with aws amazon which will be eight like startup shows that will be doing running on my club um okay. monthly so that's cool so it's giving me a bit of motivation i'm um, having amazon aws coming on so i want to get that quality up i want to host yeah. digital events experiences kenny to really think about what does the end user experience and, yeah you know, with your input and Renee, maybe some yeah. transformational sessions with people. love that. Shade used to be really popular. She She's through a lot of transformation stuff, Renee. Um, and she, and it was in the early days, these, these big people with followings on TikTok of six or 7 million used to come on because clubhouse was the new platform. Right. People had FOMO, they were like, if we don't become an influencer on this, we'll lose out. Like we, right. so everyone was jumping on. And then when clubhouse didn't monetize for creators, I'll be honest, yep. a lot of them dropped pretty quickly. So these yep. people I was getting, cause I was like, all I had to say was, Hey, New app called Clubhouse. Like, it's just a behavioral thing. I'd say Clubhouse, valuation, 4 billion, the new big thing. I have the biggest club. Those three things were enough to get anyone literally on <laughs> on my club, but I had limited human working space to be reaching out to enough mm-hmm. people. And I wish sometimes... I could have reached out to certain people, certain people, you know, certain authors I've liked. and I probably could have got them on, like Malcolm yep. Gladwell and things like that, yeah. which I didn't because I had limited capacity. I was doing shows like every second day and the people yeah. I did get, I'm super grateful for. But there was a period where Clubhouse had that and then it fell away. So maybe I should have worked 24-7 or maybe I hired people or I could have done things differently. But um, Clubhouse did have that chance where everyone was just trying to get on. And, and that was special and and hopefully they they get they get something like that again, yeah. but I think the biggest thing was monetization for a lot of creators. people need incentives, and people are spending hours on this app were hoping to kind of maybe you know like other like youtubers make a living on YouTube, things like that. I think Clubhouse did kind of promise that for a few people early on I remember in the beta. Um, they wanted it that way, but that that just did not pan out.
1: Well, and also as we start to move more into Web three and the creator yep. the creator economy, and and really about how to support putting yep. creators in the revenue uh, exactly. stream, uh, they're going to make decisions based on that, right? So you start to, you start to to create utilities into nfts yes that forget about profile pics right and all that yeah stuff, but really talk about okay how do you use an nft with built-in utility i mean we're talking to audit like one of our pro- one of our products involves a lot of celebrities doing uh autographs like NFT oh, autographs. Nice. and so but the whole i talked to a bunch of nfl athletes who are also investors and I'm like, look at uh, you. You sign a, you sign, um, you know, your baseball, your football card. That is the most value you're going to get out of that. You as a creator are going to work, do incredible things on the field in the pool, you know, on the grass, wherever it is in the court, and you're going to create more value for that, um, for that card. But you are not part of those transactions, and you are Steph Curry. You know, his, his card exactly. is for hundreds of thousands of dollars. He's not or his foundation is not part of that. So I think clubhouse is going to have to figure out how to step into that to yep, be yep. able to support because creators are now, as they should, start to, to feel um, that they need to to play in exactly. the result and further transactions of their art, right? Whether yep, that is yep,
0: yep. an athlete or an artist or whatever. so. I'm definitely with the line of thinking. And I think Clubhouse yeah. did say they want to enter. They have ambitions, I heard, about Web3. Yeah, I think they tokens. do. I mean, they're... I think smart. that's what they're waiting for. I think that's what they're trying to build out now. Yeah. They're trying to, like, literally go in. And they know the investors, A16Z, are hot on Web3. Web3, future. Yeah. yeah, Decentralization, NFTs, ticketing, well, everything you're talking about. Yeah, I think right. that's why they delayed it, because they were like, hey, why not introduce a proper ticketing? Because they want to do ticketed rooms, for example. But they were like, let's get a proper Web3 system in place and infrastructure before just maybe just making it you know, Web2 type of monetization. So I yeah. think they probably do have a smart roadmap somewhere. Yeah, And I think, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. And um, by the
1: way, let me just say, I think if you had to prioritize between your group that I think totally loves you and your marriage, you probably made the right
0: choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. The last two months I've been missing some Clubhouse. <laughs> like, it's funny, I mean, I did meet her on Clubhouse and we were doing AI shows together weekly. So that's, that's a funny that's
2: I think I, this has been an incredible show i think i have just made two wonderful new friends i'm in southern no, california uh, dr sahib where are you at
0: i'm in i'm in the uk I'm in manchester but i need to come to california that's somewhere i'm really looking forward to going where
2: so, are yeah. you to renee i'm in southern cal where are you
1: i'm in northern california
2: oh wow LA, okay. Cali.
1: but i'm in la and, you know I'm, from San Diego, but I'm in LA all the time. I don't know where you are, but in Northern California, yeah. So you know, you uh, you need to come over from the UK and hang out in California. I'm going to come and hang out with
0: both of you, so that's a promise for me. We'll do <laughs> yeah. a few brainstorming, and I'll, I'll come over. I'm actually flying to to um, um, Detroit this week because my wife's family is there. Um, so we're we're doing. I'm there for a week in the states actually. So yeah, wow, California is overdue. I have been to Miami, New York, but California. Called Silicon Valley calls, so I really need to pay pay a visit. So, the time oh, right yes. here
2: was just one, one, one. How divine is that?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know,
1: I'm I'm pretty sure if you came over anywhere in California, Renee and I would probably come and meet you. So yeah, you so just sweet. let us know.
0: Yeah. yeah i love the american energy as well that's something in the uk we lack we're more they're more cautious here it's a different <laughs> british people we have a different kind of and i guess that's why probably i married an american because it's <laughs> yeah you know, there's more and more dreamers more of that we can do attitude and 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 yeah very very comfortable talk to so guys this All has right. been a pleasure and, and everyone you can listen to this podcast on spotify and apple podcast will be available and i'll link you guys as well with the link it's been a fantastic conversation it shows what can happen with social media technology, how we can bring people together and share information in the knowledge economy and the creator economy. So guys, that's it for me. Catch you guys in the next episode. It was a pleasure, Renee and Kenny. See you. Thank, All right. you so Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Take care. Blessings to both. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.